Hello everyone, welcome back to the Wooden Cross Podcast episode 26 and in this episode I'm glad to have Mr. Chingin. He is the Christian Education Coordinator in Nagaland Baptist Church Council working for the last two and a half years. So Chingin, thank you for making it to the Wooden Cross Podcast and welcome once again. Before we move on, would you like to tell us something about yourself? Yes, uh, hello brother in Thank you very much for having me in your podcast. Uh, as said, my name is Jungin. I did my schooling from Mon and I did my uh, Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy from Dimapur Government College and graduated in the year 2014. And then I straight away went for my uh, Bachelor of Divinity. I did my Bachelor of Divinity from Eastern Theological College and graduated in the year 2018. And, and this is my third year uh, serving as the Christian Education Coordinator in the Nagaland Baptist Church Council. And then uh, my father is a pastor. Uh, my mother is a homemaker. I come from a pastor's family. And I have uh, five siblings. I have three sisters and, and two brothers. And I am the eldest in the family. Okay, thank you uh, for making your time to be here on the podcast. And in this episode, we'll be specifically um, discussing a few things about Brahmin and cultic groups and how they are functioning even in our state. So basically, we want to highlight a few things about our Christian cult um, as we know it. So let's just go to the topic. First of all, uh, tell us something about what are Galdi groups and who are the Galdi groups and how do they function? There are many Galdi groups, maybe non-Christians, but specifically when we look into our church, into our state, or even around the world, we hear of many Galdi groups operating and then functioning in different parts of the world. So would you highlight something about uh, who they are, what they are, and then how they function? Well, uh, as far as the cult is concerned, uh, they are Broadly speaking, uh, there are non-Christian cults as well as Christian cults, but uh, today we are focusing on Christian cults. So, uh, looking at the definition, dictionary defines cult as a system of religious beliefs and rituals that is regarded as unorthodox or spurious, with a great devotion to a person, idea or a thing. So basically, a Christian cult is a religious group or community which uh, differs significantly from the churches that are considered as the normative or normal expression of religion in our culture. So they are grouped with too much or uh, unhealthy devotion to a certain person, teaching, object or ideology as such. Uh, their doctrines sound modern and, and they give their followers the feeling that through following them they will become someone important. Or, uh, or have access to a secret knowledge that is supposed to make them feel special. When we discuss about uh, these cultic groups now, we, I mean, as I've said before, there are many Christians and non-Christian cultic groups as well, but when you uh, talk about the cultic groups now, what is the basic difference between a cultic Christians or many, maybe other Christian groups? How, how would you differentiate these two groups? There, there would be uh, many differences. Uh, however, I'd like to uh, just mention uh, two most common ones, according to my uh, understanding. The first uh, difference would be that uh, cults would deny that salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ alone, 
while the other Christian church would not. And the other uh, difference is in cults, you will notice an inappropriate loyalty to the uh, leader possessing a, a charismatic or messianic personality, uh, while in other uh, Christian churches, the point of reference and devotion always goes back to God. I think, I think these are the basic differences. When we talk about cult now, we see that their emphasis is more on the personalities or maybe a leader, right? Maybe an ideology, yeah. So, but how would you differentiate again uh, the Galdic group from, uh, say, a heretic group or maybe a heresy? How would you differentiate that? Well, uh, to differentiate cult and heresy would be a little difficult, but as you just mentioned, in cult, uh, there are some pointers that we have to look to and that is like in cult you will have an unhealthy uh, uh, devotion to a certain personality or, or an object or an ideology however heresy is uh, another thing as in like heresy is the act of going against the church so it is to do uh, it is more of to do with uh, doctrinal deviations and this you also see in the bible uh, like uh, the Judaizers or uh, the Gnostics as such. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the basic difference when we talk about cult. I think it is more to do with uh, personality, a group, a leader who leads maybe a certain group of people while maybe heresy has to do I think mostly with the teaching part and, and then I think Apostle Paul uh, teaching about the heretical teachings even in in his letters and especially we hear i think of uh, of the false teachers even in the book of peter so i think these are some maybe differentiation that we should understand so coming very close to our setting here again um you now when we talk about uh, naglen i think a few years back we 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 had this sprout of uh, cultic group in which i think the church were alarmed uh, to a great extent can you let us know which group are active in Nagaland even today and then which group tried to make their ground here in Nagaland and in, in, the, in our churches and have you ever have you encountered any of this group uh, personally? Uh, while there will be uh, many but I, I can only uh, name few with evidence and even that two are from the past but I think what matters is uh, the fact that they were active in Nagaland once so uh, one was of course the Good News Mission, the heretic group, uh, which you must be knowing also. And uh, I don't know if they are still active here, but there was a small booklet that was uh, circulated by the Nagaland Baptist Council then, pointing out uh, the errors and doctrinal deviations of this group. And then uh, the other groups are the World Mission Society Church of God from uh, South Korea. They were active once. And then the Church of Almighty God or the Eastern Lightning from China uh, regarding which the uh, Nagaland Baptist Church Council has also raised an alarm last year. And uh, I also suspect uh, the Shincheonji Church of Jesus from South Korea might be active. And to answer your question, uh, yes, I have uh, encountered the group, uh, one group the World Mission Society Church of God and it was in the year uh, 2012 if I'm not wrong uh, I was a student then
So there are a few groups active in Nagaland, and I mean some in the past, but I think still there are some elements present in the uh, present in our state, and that's why even last year we have seen and heard uh, Nagaland Baptist Church raising an alarm, and then you have said that you have come across this uh, one of the group uh, in personally, and then we would like to know more from you. Uh, how how did you encounter them, and then how did they entice you into joining them, and then how did you come out of the group then? Perhaps uh, it was my curiosity as a as a student or uh, as a student of philosophy, or for that matter, any student is curious. That is one, and and uh, I had. Then uh, I had just returned from a prayer center uh, after 10 days fasting and I was at the stage of my life when I wanted to deepen or strengthen uh, my relationship with God. So uh, going out with this group could have been a, a sort of a spiritual, a spiritual adventure for me. That is what, uh, looking back, that is what I, I keep thinking. I attended their Bible study for three months and continued worshipping with them for another uh, month or two. And uh, then having separated from them, I struggled to uh, connect the dots and figure things out. And this is, this is when I was actually uh, very angry at myself, questioning as to what I have uh, learned from the past, uh, for the past 20 plus years, uh, being in the uh, proper uh, Baptist church. Uh, and because I knew that something was wrong with this group, but I, I was not able to uh, be very specific about what was wrong. Uh, that is uh, what I struggled with. And then uh, regarding uh, my departure from the group, in fact, uh, my encounter with this group was one of the immediate reasons I decided to pursue theological studies. One member of this group actually told me not to uh, pursue theological studies. And then uh, this actually proved my point because I was suspecting something was wrong with them. Okay, and uh, looking back, uh, I'm also convinced that uh, it was actually God, it was the Holy Spirit who led me out. Yeah, I think that's a very um, powerful encounter. I think those were the days when these cultic groups were operating very uh, strongly in our state. 2010, 11, 12. I'm happy that you are sharing your testimony today and I'm, I'm sure that people listening to it will also be blessed. Now, uh, coming back to the point again of your encounter then, can you tell us how do they operate and then what is their main teaching now? Then how do they convince people into joining their group? Well, uh, as far as my knowledge and experience is concerned uh, in regards to the function, they are, uh, they are well organized and that is what I noticed. Uh, they will start with certain truths from the Bible. They will start with certain truths from the Bible uh, and then uh, they could approach you for Bible study. This is what they did to me. Uh, they, they, they could approach you for Bible study or raise uh, certain concerns from the Bible and also our religious practices. So these days it seems uh, some of the cultic groups are connecting young people through social media platforms, uh, uh, especially Facebook. And uh, their main teachings, uh, the, the main teachings of uh, the World Mission Society Church of God, the group that I encountered as far as I can recollect is, is that they teach that Jesus Christ has already returned to earth in the person of An Sang Hong and that his wife is uh, the mother God, uh, the new Jerusalem. 
Uh, they are also very particular about the feast days described in Leviticus 23. And then uh, they also teach us uh, baptism in the name of Ansang Hong. And then they are also very critical about uh, Sunday worship since it is not the seventh day, they say. And also very particular in calling out the cross or statue as uh, idols, etc. One of the main group again which uh, I think which grabbed world attention also and I've, I've heard people talking about them even in other podcast channels and then uh, that one is that Eastern Lightning group from China yeah can you elaborate something on them uh, this group uh, the Church of Almighty God is the other name uh, uh, for Eastern Lightning uh, they they teach that Jesus Christ is a created being uh, this is where uh, the doctrinal deviation occurs that they teach that Jesus Christ is a created being uh, and that tri Trinity is a false doctrine and that Jesus Christ did not complete his work on earth. And they say since Jesus did not complete his work on earth, uh, salvation through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is not effective in saving a person's soul. So uh, to them, God has already returned to earth as a Chinese woman uh, named uh, Yang Jiang Bin or also uh, called Lightning Deng. So I find uh, 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 this group as well as the other group that I have encountered uh, are very similar in their approach. Like we have defined in the beginning, uh, their main kind of teaching is the veneration of their leader. It has to do more than worshipping their leader, more than worshipping God and God as the creator, God as God in the form of the Son and God in the form of the Holy Spirit. That's how I think uh, they are deviating from the true biblical teaching. And so now I think they also use the Bible as their tool, main tool of teaching, right? Yeah. So now, I mean, it will be silly to ask you, but then let me just ask this. How theologically sound is their doctrine now? Can you elaborate more on the interpretation of the Bible, the use of the scripture in their teaching and how how rooted are they in the scripture? Because as I've been saying, their main base, their foundation is also the scripture that we use, right? Yeah, concerning that, uh, when we talk of the scripture, uh, the group that you just mentioned, the Church of Almighty God, for them, uh, they say that Bible is outdated and, and they have another set of scripture uh, uh, by the name, the word appears in the flesh. And here you have uh, the uh, publication of uh, uh, the re revelations, they say, that they receive from the Almighty God, uh, that is the Yang Jiangbin. So they have another set of, uh, totally a new set of uh, scripture for them. But for the other group, uh, the Church of Almighty God, that the group that I encountered, they use the same Bible. And then, then like uh, their teachings were concentrated uh, in the Bible only. So I think that makes it more dangerous, right? Most of the teachings and doctrines are very close to that of uh, the proper Christian church. And this is the very reason we call them Christian cults or pseudo-Christian cults. And uh, they seem to believe almost the same as we do. But if we uh, look closer, we see that their teachings are in fact uh, quite different from what we know as the true word of God. And, and they even uh, tend to teach doctrine outside of the scripture. Uh, this is where uh, they go theologically, uh, they uh, uh, deviate. Concerning the interpretation of the Bible, uh, Friedrich Davis rightly points out the following. 
He says that cult often use uh, biased and inaccurate Bible translation to suit their taste, and that uh, cult often use inaccurate biblical quote, and that uh, they would often ignore the context in quoting the Bible, and they would also uh, use figurative or metaphysical meaning for the Bible terms, and then they would often imitate uh, biblical language in their alternative scripture. And the last point, according to uh, Freddie Davis, is that a cult would often distort and misapply predictive biblical prophecy. So basically, it's uh, it's a kind of distortion of the Bible to suit their agenda. I think the truth of the Bible is not projected. So it's it's like it's more of not interpreting what the Bible is saying, but again more of interpreting what we like from the Bible. I think that's where the danger lies of these teachings coming into our church and people throwing away from our church. So. Yeah, uh, coming back to our own uh, local churches now. Um, let's talk about the trade now. How are they trade to our church? Because many were uh, drawn to their groups. They are a threat to our established church. They are a threat to our established uh, doctrines. You know the doctrines that we believe as Baptist Christians. How do you perceive them as a threat to our local church? I, I will be very brief here, but. Uh Cults are, as you said, we all know cults are traits to the church and this is the warning that has been there uh, in the Bible as well. Uh, Jesus as well as uh, the disciples and apostles all warned about uh, false teachings and cults uh, that would arise in the church, uh, both from within and outside of the community of believers. And having said that, uh, cults are traits to the church uh, simply because of the fact that they do not teach the truth or uh, the truth of the Bible. So one may say that uh, they teach half-truths and half-truth can never replace truth. Uh, that is uh, the very reason the cults are traits. And in addition to that, they also bring about uh, confusion, uh, division, hatred, disunity and, and mistrust in the church. Now, uh, as I pointed out, they teach half-baked truth, right, which is against our teaching and which is against the teachings of the Bible. We know Jesus as the truth, and then they totally ignore, they ignore the center of the biblical truth, uh, that Jesus as the foundation. In fact, uh, there can be no Christianity without Jesus. Right. The church, our belief, uh, everything is centered around the birth, death, and the resurrection of Christ. And so without these three elements, I think uh, to be called as a Christian would be, again, another kind of a heresy, right? And so, um, so, what can we do now, right? I mean, they are present in our society. What can we do as a church, you know, to counter such groups? And then how should we respond to this uh, threat? And how should we respond to these cultic groups or uh, do this heretical teaching as a church in Nagaland? Uh, the church, I think, should firstly uh, uh, educate its members in this regard, uh, in this matter. And then uh, next, I think, is uh, the church should have a well-structured teachings on the basic doctrines of the Bible. Uh, the examples would be like when you have uh, camps for the youth uh, of the church, there can always be some slots for doctrinal uh, sessions. And this I say with experience because uh, having come out of my encounter uh, with this group, uh, I attended a camp and then uh, there was this doctrinal session, uh, the doctrinal slots. So that, that was very helpful for me. So I think uh, the church can incorporate this stuff. 
Another area could be to have a Bible study in the church, a serious Bible study in the church, not just for the youth but for all age groups. I think these are certain areas that we need to uh, take care of. Uh, having said that, uh, having said that, I am also convinced that uh, uh, the question is not only what the church can do, but it is also equally what an individual member can do as a believer. So uh, I say this out of experience again, because after having come out of my association with the cultic group and having returned to the church, I discovered that uh, every sermon made sense to me, uh, irrespective of who the preacher is or was, uh, lay or uh, trained, uh, did not matter. So every sermon made sense to me. So we often say that the church is not doing enough, but I feel that we as an individual believer also have our bit to do. Uh, the question is, uh, are we interested enough to explore and learn the truth? Yeah, I think that's very powerful uh, testimony again that you have shared. Now, uh, this a question again um, about our church and what the church is doing now. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, now we are so much engrossed into um, the preaching part in our, in our church, right? We have been preaching um, for the last maybe Right, for hundreds of years, the elements of preaching is present in our church. But how do you see now the the teaching part? You no, know, the church playing the role of a teacher, teaching the scriptural truth, not just simply preaching, but teaching the doctrines. Maybe preaching will maybe break more of our emotional feelings. The importance and the components of teaching in, in the, teaching the Bible is also very very important, right? How do you see that and then how do you see the churches in Nagaland doing that? So yeah, as you just said, this is what we, we all notice and uh, this is what I have also personally noticed that like uh, the preaching part we, we are doing quite good and, and we are doing enough. In fact, we are doing very well in, the, in that area, in the area of preaching. And as you also said, uh, preaching is, uh, uh, of course, it, it also addresses our spiritual needs, but it is, I feel it is more to do with uh, emotional uh, needs as well. However, uh, coming to the teaching part, I think especially uh, with the youths, I'm concerned about the youths because uh, looking at the education system that we have in place now, we are, we are trained to be critical, we are trained to raise questions, we are trained to be curious. So. I think the church also needs to uh, keep this stuff in mind as we also interpret the Bible. I think we have to also focus on uh, teaching because uh, teaching is something uh, which will address the intellectual uh, needs and desires of, the, of its members, particularly the young people. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very important. Being uh, intellectually curious doesn't mean that you are unspiritual, right? And so that, that, that's where I think I also personally find that many of our church are like, especially in rural areas, that's one area where we can improve uh, to really be on guard. And, and especially when you talk about young people now with lots of thinking potentials and with kind of uh, exposed to a new system of education. Now we raise questions and then our, our churches is unable to address the, the curiosity of young seekers, right? And I think that's where um, many go uh, to this new form of teaching, I think. And so, 
one more question that now I would like to ask you again is uh, now the pandemic is here uh, and then we are all struggling with it and uh, also the church right and now uh, as we as you mentioned before as well one of the modest operandi of uh, this cultic group uh, is to is to entice these youth and young people through social media mediums and so I, I, I was told that many of them get in touch and then many of them you know takes uh, Bible studies and then uh, prayer meets through WhatsApp and through through different social media groups uh, whether we like it or not we are in a position of online church service as well and so how how do you view that because there is a there's always a threat and, and there's always the danger of this people also uh, operating through the online medium as a church as a proper church and we do not know but not when we go through internet when we go through youtube when we're surfing if we encounter them if we happen to listen to them again that becomes a problem right for some so how do you look into this uh, online culture now going on uh, concerning that uh, it has always been my desire to see uh, our churches uh, penetrating into this uh, virtual world and our, our church is uh, doing very good in that uh, especially with this pandemic we are able to really uh, uh, penetrate into the virtual world and for which I'm very happy. But uh, as an individual, we must also know that it is not uh, only the genuine group that are there in the virtual world. It is not only the genuine group that are present. So we have to make a wise choice. Uh, we could go astray if we are uh, not very careful. And, and I would encourage uh, people to stick to the right group. That is very important. Uh discerning the true and the false teachings and discerning the true and the false group because in the virtual world uh, there they are many i mean they are uncountable there are numerous groups operating with different sets of agenda with different uh, kinds of teachings and with different kinds of approaches even even if you are using the same bible right and so uh, we will also encourage our listeners encourage the believers to be more discerning in the, in, in in using this media and especially the social media has become the main tool for interaction these days, right? Mr. Chingin, thank you so much for joining us on the Wooden Cross podcast. Uh, we thank you for your time. Uh, before winding up, would you like to make a few closing remarks for our listeners? Firstly, I'm very grateful to you for this uh, opportunity, uh, having me in your uh, podcast. And then uh, my closing remark would be, uh, I would like to request the church to be uh, vigilant and expose cults and that is our duty as a church. We are to expose them but also do it uh, out of love and with due respect and that is uh, in addition to uh, the request to expose. We are to uh, not simply uh, expose them because uh, we are against them as such but we are to do it out of love and respect. That is my first uh, uh, request and then and another, another thing is like uh, to those who are infused by cults, uh, I would encourage them to seek help because I, I know what it is like to be there, what it is like to uh, uh, being infused by cults and it is uh, very uh, difficult. You struggle a lot uh, even to be there or, or even to come out. So uh, my message uh, for people who are influenced by cults or who are wrestling this uh, cultic uh, teachings uh, is that uh, there is nothing wrong in seeking help. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jingin. And so that's all we have 
for this episode in the Wooden Cross. Do subscribe to the Wooden Cross podcast in Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or on any other platforms you listen on. You can also follow the Wooden Cross Instagram page and, and leave your comments and feedbacks. So do join next week for more exciting episodes. Blessings to all and stay safe.